the sword of the Spirit and the anointing of God. Welcome to the Faith Center Audio Experience Podcast. We are excited to have you listen with us today. We pray this podcast encourages you in your walk with Christ. Finding us on social media is very easy. Search at Faith Center C-O-G-I-C on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Please listen to the announcements very closely. We don't want you to miss out on any future events. Sunday school begins at 8.55 a.m. via conference call. If you would like to receive the lesson for next week's class, please contact us with your email address. Virtual midweek worship service begins at 7 p.m. every Wednesday. You can tune in via Facebook Live or YouTube.com forward slash FaceCenterCT. End of the week prayer call begins every Friday at 7 p.m. FCC Men's Department has a men prayer call that begins every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Join us as the men of FCC pray for our needs at home and around the world. Follow us on social media outlets for upcoming events and updates. Sunday morning worship begins every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can tune in via Facebook Live or YouTube.com forward slash Faith Center CT. Faith Youth Virtual Trivia is on Sundays via Zoom meeting. Group A is ages 5 to 12 from 12 p.m. to 12.30 p.m. And Group B is ages 13 to 17 and held at 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. Please see Sister Kim Walker to participate. Youth and Young Adult Prayer is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. via conference call. Parents, encourage your youth to dial in. Throughout the summer, your youth will have a variety of events from cooking classes to virtual fellowship gatherings and more. Please stay tuned. And now for today's word from our Bishop Joseph Norfleet. I'm going to be reading to you this morning from the book of St. John, chapter four, to make my point and to deliver this word I want to give you a few scripture, and it is coming from what we know and understand to be a very familiar text. St. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 4 through verse 15, and then verses 27 through 30, and we're going to conclude with verses 39 through 42, and yes, I will repeat that. St. John chapter 4, verses 4 through 15. The word of the Lord says, And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, to a parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it 
that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him and he would have given the living water. Verse 11, the woman saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his, his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Wherefore drinketh of this water, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 15, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither or hither to draw. Verses 27 through 30. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seeketh thou? Or why talketh thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way unto the city and saith unto the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. We're going to conclude uh, by reading verses 39 through 42. Verses 39 through 42. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, but we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, <clears throat> the Savior of the world, the Savior of the world. And the word of the Lord is tremendously blessed. And I thank God for the powerful, very powerful uh, significance of the word today. Praise God, that revelatory word that we're going to bring to you. And I want to say that our focus today is on verse 27. Here, verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seeketh thou, or why talketh thou with her? Mm. I want to address the people of God today from the subject, what you see is not what it looks like. What you see 
is not what it looks like. <laughs> I, very, I find it very interesting, uh, the thoughts and what might have been going through the mind of the disciples when they came and saw Jesus talking to this strange woman, one who they had no dealings with. We're going to deal with that in just a little while. I want to first tell you about a story, a true story that involves me and, and some of the brothers that were traveling with me. Uh, I find it so significant to this, and it really brings the point home. Many years ago, I was asked to be the guest speaker in Washington, D.C. at a very prominent uh, church there. The pastor was quite prominent. And after service, the pastor invited us uh, to go out with him to dinner. And while at dinner, which was an exclusive uh, and extravagant restaurant, if I may say so, when the waiter came out to bring us the food items of that which he served to each of our plates, he placed a colorful caramel treat or delight. This treat was so appetizing. It looked so appealing. There were three scoops of what appeared to be a caramel type ice cream, but it was obvious that my two adjutants with me had no clue as to what it was. It looked good. We, and I did say we because not even I knew what it really was. And I was taken back at the fact that I then had the eyes of my two adjutants on me. They were looking for me, they were looking to me for direction. What does he think? Oh, surely the pastor knows. I wasn't even a bishop then. The pastor knows what it is and we'll follow his lead. And so in time, I took my spoon and I dipped it into the wonderfully, oh my goodness, it looked so appetizing and delicious. I stuck my spoon in and placed it on my mouth and I said, butter. <laughs> what I thought was ice cream, a wonderful decor ice cream was actually butter. They didn't know it at the time because I didn't say anything. So they too had imitated me dipping their spoon into what they thought was a delightful treat and put it on their mouth and again to them, and it was butter. <laughs> what you see is not what it looks like. <laughs> what you see is not what it looked like. So I wanna preach teach from the word of God today from that subject. What you see is not what it looks like. It is always important for every believer to understand you can't judge the content, the quality, or even the truthfulness of a book based on its colorful cover, nor as I experienced, taste or attributes cannot be discerned simply by appearance. Come on and tell yourself, what you see is not what it looks like. Mm. Something that I call the optics of an illusion. God the Father 
wants us to see with or through the eyes of the Holy Spirit so that we do not misinterpret what we see. Uh, when we look through these human eyes, our thoughts go back and try and connect it to other things that look similar. And the problem with that is sometimes there's pain associated with what we think we see. We've had an experience that looked like or put us in a position where we felt like something based on what it looks like. But in all reality, it's not that at all. And so we have to look and see with the eyes of the Holy Spirit, discernment, if you will, because doing otherwise can cause us to misinterpret what we see. Even it can cause us to misinterpret what we feel sometimes. And so if we misinterpret what we see, then we are prone to misunderstand, which leads to, huh, leads us to possibly make a mistake. That's an interesting word. A lot of people use it when that's not what really went on at all. It wasn't a mistake, it was on purpose. But a legitimate mistake, a true mistake, is a result of misinterpreting what you saw or what you perceived to be truth. This is why it's so important for us to see through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Even we're told in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, and I'm going to read this for you. Verses five and six says, of Proverbs chapter three says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Mm. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. He shall direct your path. And so it lets us know very clearly, even I'm telling you, even when we think we know what we are looking at, because sometimes we are so confident and sure that uh, this is that. But in all of our ways, acknowledge him. Okay, Father, what would you have me to do? What am I really seeing here? In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will show you what to do. He will direct thy path. He will show you how to do what he wants you to do. The optics of an illusion is designed to throw you off course so as to cause you to miss your holy mark. Beware of the optics of an illusion. Are you really seeing what is truly there? Or are you seeing something based on your past experiences? Or even are you seeing what you want to see? Sometimes we want something so bad. Well, I know I'm talking to somebody. It can actually become in our minds. In our minds, it can become the reality of what we desire. Although in all truth, it is not that at all. Let me deal with the story. Powerful and clear story today. But let me deal with this. Let me set it up, if you will. After the death of King Solomon, the kingdom was divided in two or two parts, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. The southern kingdom consisted of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin with Jerusalem as its capital. The northern kingdom consisted of all of the other tribes. 
And so when the Northern Kingdom, with its capital in Samaria, it fell to the Assyrians in time, many Jews were deported to Assyria, Assyria. And foreigners were brought in to settle the land and to help keep the peace. You'll find that story in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 24 or so. And then what happens is that there was intermarriage between those foreigners and the remaining Jews resulting in a rich, excuse me, in a mixed race there in the Northern Kingdom where Samaria was. The Jews who believed or the Jews who lived in the Southern Kingdom considered those Northern Jews as impure. Mm. Therefore, the pure Jews hated the mixed race called Samaritans because they felt that they had betrayed their people and betrayed their nation. And so therefore they would have nothing to do with them. <clears throat> so the Jews had no dealings with these Samaritans and would literally go around the country just to avoid going through the, the country, even though where they were going, their final destination would be closer if they simply went through, but they would avoid huh, that country because they considered them as unpure or not worthy. But you know, here's a powerful lesson here. The scripture says, I must need go through what, or the scripture says that he must need, it was necessary. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Jesus was not prejudiced. Jesus was open to the will of God, whatever the will of the Father is, that was his desire to do. And I'm so glad that God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, let me say it clearly, God is not prejudiced. I'm so glad that he's not prejudiced. In fact, we see in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, when Peter was brought to a revelation that God loved everybody, not just the Jews. Concerning the house of one Cornelius and his family, he came to the revelation there in verse 34 of Acts 10, saying, then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. My God, that's a wonderful thing. Because it brings us to the conclusion that the word of God is right. That says, whosoever will, let him come. Ah, let him come. God will receive you right where you are. In the way that you are, that there might be a positive change that would bring glory and honor to God. That's good news. That's good news. The text indicates that it was absolutely necessary for Jesus to go through Samaria, a place that Jews didn't want to have anything to do with. But Jesus found it necessary. John 4 and 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. Why? Come on and ask me why. Because Jesus had purpose there, and his purpose was not going to be detoured because of what it may look like. I'm going to take a pause right there. Don't be detoured because of what it may look like when you know what God has told you to do. How many times 
Have you failed to do what God impressed or called you to do? Because you were concerned about how someone was going to view it. Mm. Never mind what they think. Never mind what they feel. Never mind what they think they see. If God directed you, get on course. Let nothing detour you from your trajectory in pleasing the Father. And so Jesus, I see him, I see him with such confidence, with such assurance. He wasn't worried about what his disciples were going to see when they saw him standing or sitting and talking with this woman. He was not worried about it. Jesus was on assignment. Jesus had purpose. You today, you're on an assignment to live holy. Even in a world where you may be heavily criticized for doing what's right, for living holy. <laughs> Jesus is found by the woman sitting on the well. Sitting on the well and in reality, he was waiting for the woman. She wasn't waiting for him. He didn't, she didn't even know he was there, but he was waiting on the woman. Most of us think that we are waiting for God to move on our behalf. We're waiting for God to approach us or to speak to us. When in reality, the reality is oftentimes as evident in scripture, it's God who is waiting on us to get in position so that he can address our needs. What are you talking about, Bishop? God was waiting on the mountaintop, existing, residing, and resting in a bush that was burning, but was not consumed. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for Moses to come up the mountain huh? so that God could have a meeting with him and meet not only the needs of Moses, but to meet the needs of his people. God was waiting on him. See, sometimes it's, it's a travail. It takes, it takes a, a, a travailing effort to get to the mountaintop. Every time we pray, every time we fast, every time we cry out to the Lord, we're on our way up the mountain to get us in the presence of the Lord who's been there all the time. It is the meeting place. Come to tell somebody, don't stop praying. Don't stop crying when your tears are tears of sincerity. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop praying until you get to the mountain, to the place that God is. He is there and he will hear you. He will address your needs. Jesus, calm, cool, and collective, was waiting on the well. When the Samaritan woman started talking, her attitude reveals the need for change. In other words, Jesus' waiting on her was not in vain. There was a need that had to be met. She says to Jesus, you're talking to me. Why are you talking to me? Asking me for what? Don't you know I'm a Samaritan? The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. <laughs> She was stuck in our past. I'm trying to tell somebody today that there's some new things that God wants to do in your life, but we are stuck in our past. You, you gotta unstick yourself. You gotta pick yourself up. You gotta move by faith. You, my God, you gotta go forward. 
like we said on last Sunday, keep moving forward, even if it hurts. Even if you think there are those that are going to look at what you're trying to do and laugh at you. It's not what they think. Praise the Lord. Jesus. I, I love the word of God. I love the metaphors here. I love what God is saying to us through sight, through, through, through typology. Jesus was sitting on the well. He was right there at the well. Don't you understand, people of God, that a well represents the place of rest, of revelation, and of refreshing. A well represents the place of rest. Come unto me, all you that labor. Hallelujah. And I will give you rest. I will take care of you. I will watch for you. I will feed you. I will talk to you. I will shelter you. I will clothe you. I will heal you. Come unto me. All you that labor in a heavy burden. It is a place of revelation. This woman had no idea, I'm sure, that when she woke up in the morning, it would have, there would be a life-changing experience through a revealing of God to her about her. The change started by her recognizing and realizing her present situation, who she really was, what she really was, what she was doing. Until you acknowledge where you are, change will never take hold of you. Ah, the well, the well that never went, runs dry was a place of revelation and truly a place of refreshing. She went to all the men and said, come see a man that told me all about myself. Oh, again, I've got to say, unless you know all about yourself, unless you can see the truth of you, you will never allow change to take place in you because you won't believe that there's a need for change. But she saw herself through the revelation of God. God revealed to her. Jesus said, Jesus said, hold on, hold on. Uh, go, go, go bring me your husband. I don't have a husband. He said, yeah, I, I know, I know. You had five husbands, and the one you with is not yours. That's six husbands. But guess what? You met the seventh man right now. It makes all the difference when you meet the seventh man. Jesus, ah, the number of completion, the number of wholeness, is that seventh man. Now you're ready for refreshing, for newness of life. My God, my God. I know this word is right today. And so then, as they're having this conversation, as Jesus is blessing this woman, the disciples now come and they're wondering why, what, what, why is he talking to the Samaritan? We, we don't have anything, we, we, we don't even get along, why, why? Jesus was on assignment, but the scripture says not one of them asked. Now see, this is such an important time, but before I get there, I'm talking to somebody today, sometimes, in order to do what is right, you must be willing to look wrong. It is a part of the process of your change. Forget being embarrassed. Forget those things. Your change is more important than what someone thinks about you. <laughs> Jesus knew and understood the stigma of not only being seen alone with a woman of such contrary reputation, but also because she was a Samaritan. Don't forget the fact that this was considered as a woman of the evening, 
Why do you think she went only to the men to tell them? Because those are the ones that she got along with. It was understood that she was a woman of the night, a prostitute, if you will. And so she went to the men. Mm. Jesus being seen by such a contrary character, sometimes in order to do what is right or the bidding of God, you must be willing to look wrong. <laughs> yeah. In these last days, we need divine discernment. See, Jesus knew that he needed, it was necessary for him to go through Samaria because he had a deadline with destiny. There was a woman in Samaria that needed to be saved. There was a woman in Samaria that if her life was transformed, the life of many men and women, a whole community would be forever changed. In these last days, you've got to have the, the divine discerning of God in order to know what you need to do. We can no longer always simply trust our feelings. In other words, let me say it in plain language. You can't continue to afford to go with your gut because your gut is prejudice. Your gut will mislead you because your gut, my God, wants to be satisfied in the things that it wants and you can't afford to make decisions based on your gut. You've got to know truth. Truth is what God says. We need the anointing of God. I've got to close here. We need the anointing of God to see what God sees in order to know what God knows so that we can do what God would do. In this day, we need the anointing. I, I want somebody to say, I need the anointing. Lord, anoint us now. The anointing, why the anointing? The anointing, hallelujah, destroys the yoke, those things that are, are binding you. The anointing destroys fear. The anointing empowers you with courage. The anointing makes the difference. The anointing will strengthen and encourage you to go forward. It is with this kind of anointing that allowed Joseph Ah, the scripture talked about Jacob, how Jacob gave the well to Joseph in that day. Uh, this is a kind of anointing that allowed Joseph to let his brothers live when he was in position and had the power to kill them because in so many years earlier, my God, my God, they had thrown him in the pit. And after that, they had sold him to the Ishmaelites. But because he was able to see Joseph was able to see with the eyes of God and walk in the supernatural anointing of God. Joseph understood, I want you to get this, Joseph understood that God used his brothers to set him up for success. Joseph, the anointing, helped him to understand. Joseph, with the eyes of God and the ear of God, understood that God had used his brothers to set him up for success. Could it be that God is using that situation that you're dealing with right now to set you up for success? It looked like it came to kill you, but God is using it to build you. God is using it 
hallelujah, to promote you to a place called success. What you see is not what it looks like. Some of you today feel like that situation that you're going through was unleashed. It was unleashed from the depths of hell. But I come to tell you that what the enemy meant for evil, even these words echoed from Joseph to his brothers. What the enemy meant for evil, God allowed it for good and for your success. Joseph told his brothers in Genesis 50 and 20, he says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. God bless you today. I pray that you will receive this word and see its significance in your life. We're going to return in just a few moments. Amen. But we're going to turn you over now to the first lady of our church, Mother Madeline Northley. We'll be back. Praise the Lord. What a powerful word we heard from our bishop on this morning. Hallelujah. If you would just, if we would just make sure that we would uh, adhere to the things that we heard the man of God say and the men and women of God preach, we would live such prosperous and productive lives. Today, I'm here to show you or present to you the different ways that we can be a blessing to the Faith Center Church of God in Christ. The first of which that I'll tell you about is through Cash App. Cash App is the dollar sign F-C-C-C-O-G-I-C. Again, that's the dollar sign F-C-C-C-O-G-I-C. And then there's PayPal. PayPal, you can utilize our email address, with this, which is faithcenterct at aol.com. Again, PayPal is faithcenterct at aol.com. You may give also through Givelify, and that is to search for our name at Faith Center Church, Kojic. Again, Faith Center, C-O-G-I-C. And then lastly, but not least, you can always send us a, a check or money order. Please do not send cash in the mail, but send a check or money order to Faith Center Kojic, 22 Crown Street, Meriden, Connecticut, 06450. Again, Faith Center Church, 22 Crown Street, Meriden, Connecticut, 06450. Thank you so much for your continued support, and we're looking forward to seeing you on next week. Good morning, Faith Center Church. It's now time for our announcements. Sunday school begins at 8.55 a.m. via conference call. It is our prayer that you continue to join us each and every Sunday morning. If you would like to receive the lesson for next week's class, please contact us with your email address. Faith Youth Virtual Trivia is on Sundays via Zoom meeting. Group A is ages 5 to 12 from 12 p.m. to 12.30 p.m. and Group B is ages 13 to 17 from 12.30 to 1.30. Please see Sister Kim Walker to participate. Also follow us on our social media outlets for upcoming events and updates. And now back to our bishop. Well, God bless you. Listen, we want to remind everyone that on next Sunday, we will return to our sanctuary. Praise God at 10 a.m. sharp. Please come. We will have directions and directives, uh, instructions for everyone. But please come and just follow our protocol so that we can ensure 
a safe and secure environment. We're looking so, uh, so excitingly to see you. It's been a long time, church, but we're looking to see the people of God. Oh, we're going to praise them a while in the house of God. Before we go, uh, I do want to emphasize to the people of God, please be faithful in your giving. There are some specific needs that we need to address. And so this is not the time to fall short and allow the spirit of the Lord to speak to you. Hear the Lord and do according as you are led. This is the day that we must have uh, an anointed uh, discerning uh, of what God is saying to us. And so hear and obey the word of God. I want to pray for you, to each and every one of you that have heard this word today. And even those we give you the opportunity to surrender your lives totally and 100% to Christ. Father, I thank you even now for this word that has gone forth and entered into the hearts of your people. Bless us, dear God, that we shall be doers of your word and not simply hearers. Now I pray, dear God, that you would protect even the virus, Lord God. Protect us, keep us, deliver us, and heal us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And each one that would call out for salvation, even now. Lord God, I pray that you would forgive us of our every sin. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and save our souls. Be our lead, be our guide by your Holy Spirit. Teach us in how we are to live and to be. And we bless and honor you so very much. In Christ's name we pray. Thank God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Also, help us if you can to spread this word to the nations by giving. You can give the following ways. Cash app, dollar sign, F. CCC Kojic PayPal FaceCenterCT at AOL.com GiveLify FaceCenter Kojic or mail in at 22 Crown Street, Meriden, Connecticut 06450 We'll see you on next week.